Hello and welcome to yet another fabulous episode of the Adventures in Angular podcast. I am, as always, Chris Ford, and joining me today on the panel, as always, Alyssa Nichol. Hello, hello. And Brooks Forsyth. Hello. Who is coming to us today live from a delightful seaside cottage a in Maine. seaside cottage. That's right. That's right. There was a rotting seal floating in the other day. It was oh, wonderful. It smelled, it smelled great. This is the picture we all wanted. I see this painting a delightful picture wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> and joining us today as our most welcome guest is Asad Saad welcome hi welcome thank you very much Asad why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you are going to give everyone these huge knowledge bombs now for the next hour or so and why they should listen to you all right so my name is Asad I have 16 years of experience in web development I came from the Middle East and more specifically from Syria. I worked for big companies like Amazon Middle East and Yahoo Middle East. And my last job in development was in Abu Dhabi, the United Arab Emirates, where I participated building big projects for the Abu Dhabi government. I moved to the States six years ago in 2014 and I finished my master's here and in computer science. And currently I work for MIU University where I am assistant professor in computer science. I started a new program two years ago. It's called Masters in Software Development, where we focus on JavaScript full-stack technologies. And one major part of our courses is includes Angular. So we teach Angular for our students as the kind of the more advanced courses where students learn advanced techniques to build UI. And finally, students love working with Angular and building their final project with the framework. Leveling up is important. I spend at least an hour every day learning ways I can improve my business or take a break and listen to a good book. If you're looking to level up, I recommend you start out with the 12-week year as a system to plan out where you want to end up and how to get the results you want. You can get it free by going to audibletrial.com slash code. That's audibletrial.com slash code. That's fabulous. I have to say, you definitely picked the right framework for your course. I think so, the framework picked me. I think the framework picked you. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's our first story right off the bat. Should we call you <laughs> Professor now for the rest of the show? Is that is yes. that good etiquette? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Professor, then please... Tell us, why did the framework pick you? Well, I started working with AngularJS when it first arrived, like way, way back in the past. I struggled just like other developers with the two-way data binding and the other problem performance issues. And then React came and I didn't really like React. It, it's hard for, for beginners. It doesn't lead you to the correct way of building stuff. It's just a library. It doesn't give you a full solution. That's why it was hard for beginners to start with React. While Angular, it has everything set clear. You have to start in a certain way. You don't feel lost. If you need any kind of tooling, it is provided to you. With React, it's kind of you need to look, look around and find some third-party library. Maybe you will find support. Maybe you will not find support. It's just like a puzzle. So yeah, when Angular... 2 plus came to life. It was pretty exciting for me to learn the framework and I found it pretty easy, to be honest. So you didn't miss AngularJS at all. You were like, bring it on Angular 2. <laughs> yep. AngularJS was a small, tiny library that did a good job to some extent. But I'm glad Angular 2 came mm. to life. 
It's interesting, I think, because you you do get, I think, this sort of divide between between the Angular devs. There's people who are just they they just love modern Angular. I, I've never used Angular JS myself. I I came to Angular when when version two was in beta. You know, prior to that, I'd actually just been working with vanilla JS pretty much. And so, yeah, I'm the same. I I really love Angular. You know, obviously. I, I spend an hour with these two guys every week talking about it. So much I love it. But I think you also get the the Angular JS devs who just they couldn't get over the fact that that it all changed. And I guess I guess these are probably the people who migrated to to use other frameworks. You know, like Vue especially. I, I guess I've I've heard a lot. I haven't used much Vue myself, but I, I hear people describe it as being like what Angular JS could have been. You know, if had it evolved, continued to evolve. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a nice opinion. Um, did you, you say you did? Is it full stack JavaScript on your master's course? Yes, it is full stack JavaScript. So uh, their first course, problem solving, algorithms, data structure. We start with basics of JavaScript. So students basically just practice one language for twelve months, the entire master's program period. So at the end of the program, they really master the language and they're confident on on finding future with JavaScript. The first semester mostly focus on computer science courses, algorithms, data structures, problem solving. Second semester focus more on web dev technologies and we do teach React Native, Angular, and Cloud uh, AWS technologies. How much time is broken up between like each framework, would you say? A month. So we teach here in block system. We teach one course in one block and the block is four weeks. So students study one subject at a time. When they're done from that subject, they move to the next one. So the program is like structured in course after another. When you finish from... And then after they've learned all of them, you mentioned like a final project that they get to choose what to write in? Yes. After they finish all studying all the technologies, students finish the program with the capstone project. This project basically putting all the pieces of all the courses they learned together in one work. And interestingly enough, all students pick Angular to build the UI. And yeah, that's... (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Is that because the the ones you want to use React, you just like boot them off the course? uh, Actually, I, I, I always like think that they're probably going to pick the act because it's much like simpler. It, it, it doesn't help because it's easy to work with React compared to Angular. However, since React doesn't provide you with all the features, then that's probably another reason why they pick Angular. Like how, how hard it is to build a form with React, how hard it is to manage a state. It is kind of cumbersome. You need to write a lot of lines code in order to accomplish very simple, small detail, like controlled inputs in React. It's a, it's, it's a struggle. Choosing between class component or functional component in React, that's another struggle. And how you... You need to memorize all kinds of ways of creating something. In Angular, you know that, for example, you you, want to use the active forms module. You know a certain way to build forms. It's pretty simple to maintain the form state with the UI, pretty much simpler. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I know that. Alyssa in particular is a huge fan of reactive forms, but she's yeah. she's turned her camera off and her mic, so she can't chime in on that. 
that's a bit of a joke because she doesn't like them at all. And uh, she's going to come back on and, and blast me in a second. Out of interest, I, obviously, I don't want to dwell too much on the non-angular parts of your course, I guess, because it's, it's an angular show. But you mentioned before about the difficulties with, you know, with, with React in, in terms of what do I use for my router? What do I use for, for this? What do I use for that? Do, do, presumably, you make suggestions for, okay, this is the one we recommend, but actually do what you want? Or do you literally just go, we're learning React, you go and find out what you want to use for your project? We actually let them choose whatever they're comfortable with. We just give them all the options and they're smart enough to pick whatever works with them. Hmm. Yeah. I would like to mention something about TypeScript as well. Yeah, please. Love TypeScript. Without TypeScript, I mean, you feel completely lost. You don't know data types and your program will not render faster in the browser. Since Angular uses the monomorphic classes that for change detection and manipulating the DOM, all these hot functions are going to be optimized in the JavaScript engine. And that's an added feature that comes out of the box with Angular that will make the application more optimized and run faster in, the, in any browser. I don't, I don't think I knew that. So the, fact, the sheer fact that we're using TypeScript just makes it faster after... Let me tell you something about that. So basically in Angular, you describe your state and Angular, whenever you change the state, Angular takes care of reflecting the state to the DOM. And it does that pretty fast and does a great job at it. Now, this change detection algorithm that's figuring out what the change is and patching the DOM later happens as a monomorphic function. Angular automatically writes this algorithm in, in, in a way that always accepts the same type of objects at all time. Now, inside the, the, any client or browser, we have an optimizer. This optimizer's job is to find out hot functions. First, it tries to find out a warm function, and a warm function will turn on a hot function based on how many times it's been called. And once the optimizer, once it finds a hot function, the optimizer is going to make the code more efficient by getting rid of all the change coversion for, for the type coercion that happens inside the interpreter and execute the code basically faster. Well, that, is, that is super interesting. Like one of the things that obviously we love about TypeScript is all of the, the uh, strict typing. Like I can't get enough of it really. Like I would, the number of times I'm going through code reviews and I'm just saying, type this, type this, type this. So it's, yeah, <laughs> I like to hear someone else say that typing is, you know, also a helpful thing. Just out of interest, do you, do you cover like using vanilla JavaScript for building applications on, on the master's program? Or do you just teach the, like, this is how JavaScript works. Now we're going to look at frameworks and libraries. Yeah, the first six months, they built everything from scratch. Everything with vanilla JavaScript. Data like that means no jQuery? <laughs> no jQuery. No. How dare you? <laughs> no, that's true. We never teach jQuery in this program. <laughs> and I always warn students, like, never work with this evil library. <laughs> I feel like, I feel wow. like we, may, we may be long lost. Cool. Do not long touch lost jQuery. Oh, yeah. on, it's 2020. It's, <laughs> Oh, you're cracking me up. <laughs> yeah, so they did everything really with vanilla JavaScript. Vanilla JavaScript is enough. You can do anything, routing, patching the DOM. So they struggled a lot with uh, in the first six uh, in, in the first semester, first six courses, working in vanilla JavaScript, which is important because they need to understand the concept 
and then they appreciate how framework does this in a better way. Yeah. Does, does anyone choose to do their final project in Nobana? You said actually everyone chooses to do in Angular. Do they have the option to use vanilla if they want to? They, I don't think they do have an option. No, so it's like you must you must use the framework. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah. I don't think I would like to consider building a like a full scale application just in in vanilla JS. Well, I suppose you you build out your node your entire node server, don't you, in in vanilla JS? Let's use a Nest. Yeah. Drop, drop that in there for Brooks. That's right. <laughs> Gotta bring in Nest. <laughs> what What do you teach for the back end? Do you Node presumably, and do do you cover anything like frameworks and libraries and stuff for Node for the back end portion? I do. We, we do cover Express and Node, MongoDB for the persistence layer. When they learn the cloud, they do learn DynamoDB with the AWS. However, I'm planning to add Nest.js to the stack, hopefully next, next year. Yeah, Brooks. Excellent. I'm a big fan of uh, yeah. Nest. Yeah. It goes well, you know, it works really well and it has a lot of the same ideas as Angular, right? Same architecture. Yeah. I met the developer last year in the Angular conference and oh, that's the awesome. awesome guy, yeah. <laughs> He's one of like inspired me to look at the framework and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. I love using it. You are our second guest in, in two weeks who has had a lot of nice things to say about Nest and has who has also done this off the back of meeting the fellow who who created it. So obviously <laughs> he's obviously a very inspirational person. <laughs> We should, we should get him he on. He is, yeah, very nice. We should get him on. You're right. I suppose it's not a node show, though, is it? We could just expand. We won't tell anyone. Adventures in <laughs> Angular and Angular-like frameworks. I mean, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to speak about Angular more than any anything else. It's true. Why, yeah. why would you not? I mean, sorry, please, other, other panelists, stop me if I'm just going off on this huge of asking loads of questions i'm just i'm truly fascinated how much how much do you expect a student to learn inside of that four-week block of, of picking up a new framework let me tell you something we have a different program called compro computer professionals this program is specifically targeted to students who have masters in uh, who have bachelors in computer science with those smart students I teach them Angular in a period of one week, to be more specific, in five like lectures or so. So they learn the framework pretty fast. With the more extensive program, the MSD program, we teach Angular in a matter of complete one month, one course. So they learn most of the features that Angular provides. They learn the CLI, the routing, dependency injection services, and all the other awesome features. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a, a lot to cover in that space of time. A lot to cover, yeah. A lot to cover. How long are the lectures? Are they like eight hours? or? Our lectures is the morning time only. So lecture time starts at 10. We finish at around 1. Okay. And then they have a lunch break. After lunch, they work on a, some sort of an exercise to practice what they learned in the morning. Yeah, we do that every day for an entire month. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Full Sail, where I got my degree from. It was every month was two new classes and we had lectures first and then for like project time in the afternoon as well. So it's very, I, I really loved that. It was very, very fast paced. So. <laughs> we have something very unique in our university as well, where students learn meditation. So we like to meditate with our students at the end of the lecture. That's kind of bring a whole new vibe. That is yeah. so cool. I've never heard of that before. That's really Students neat. I love that, yeah. 
How big are your class sizes? Uh, we're kind of between 25 and 30 students per class. And do you, this is all full-time students, right? There's no, yes. yeah, okay. This is a full-time program. Students need to be here. Most of our students are on campus. They recently, in the last few months, we give them the option to watch a live stream of the lectures from their dorms. Yeah, but mm. all of them are here on campus. So you said that the majority or all students choose to do their final projects in Angular. How does this affect, do you think, like how employers or recruiters like looking at them, do you think it it helps them in the long run? Excellent question. At the end of our program, we have a three weeks orientation, career strategies orientation to introduce students how to prepare their resumes, how to reach employers. Employers pretty much look for Angular developers. We hear a lot of, yeah, this framework is on demand, that framework is on demand. But employers look at students who master Angular in a different way. They know that these people are more advanced. They know that these people have worked with kind of an more enterprise level kind of work. And I believe that employers pay more for developers who work with Angular than any other framework. Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy experience for your customers? I mean, let's face it, the only way you're going to know that is by actually running it on production. So go figure it out, right? You run it on production, but you need something plugged in so that you can find out where those issues are, where it's slowing down, where it's having bugs. You just, you need something like that there. And Raygun is awesome at this. They, they just added the performance monitoring, which is really slick, and it works like a breeze. I, I just, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's like you get the ray gun and you zap the bugs. It's anyway, definitely go check it out. It's going to save you a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of sanity. I mean, let, let's face it, grepping through logs is no fun. And having people not able to tell you that it's too slow because they got sidetracked into Twitter is also not fun. So go check out Raygun. They are definitely going to help you out. There are thousands of customer-centric, customer-focused software companies who use Raygun every day to deliver great experiences for their customers. And if you go to Raygun and you use our link, you can get a 14-day free trial. So you can go check that out at adventuresinangular.com slash Raygun. So I, here I, because there's so often <laughs> that there's like a survey that comes out yearly called the state of JavaScript. And recently Angular hasn't been showing as high of numbers as they were before. And of course, it, it, the survey is only as valuable as your, you know, your data group of who you're collecting from. But it's just good to hear the other people out in the industry who are finding it valuable for up and coming web developers to learn. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree. I think. Like I hear the same thing as well, and and I certainly see a lot of jobs advertised. A lot of the stuff I get through recruiters is actually React Native at the moment. Like I get an awful lot of React Native, and I hear people say I wouldn't want to learn Angular. You know, it's it's too hard, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the same time, I I have used Angular in every single one of my jobs since since Angular two was was in beta, as I say. So you know, and, and I've I've been at a few places, so. It's definitely out there. Part of me thinks it's maybe there's other aspects to it. I think to a certain extent, maybe it's it's geographic. Like, for example, it, it's going to be slightly different in the UK. Obviously, I'm, we've got much smaller geography, but um, I used to live in the southwest of the UK and there was a huge amount of PHP there. And I don't know why, 
like, and, and even now I get, I get emails from recruiters and if it's based in the Southwest, it's, it's, it's a PHP job. As I get a lot of stuff that's in sort of central London that I get from recruiters, that tends to be where all of the React Native stuff is focused. And say so I'm I'm on the south coast, and my, all of my jobs have been Angular. And I don't I don't really understand why you would get geography involved in in stuff like that. But it is is just a an observation that I've made. I don't know whether the same counts in in the states. Um, if if anyone from that side of the pond would care to comment, please feel free. I don't know. Obviously not. I, I can't Obviously. believe I'm, I'm going to say something that yes, I agree that React Native is kind of pretty popular in terms of building mobile applications, and I work with it. It's pretty much fun, but I wish there is like more developed framework for mobiles. I know there is Native Script or others, but I feel like React Native is kind of made it into the hearts of developers. However, when you build an enterprise web application. You won't look at the act or all that kind of architecture. You would, you would like to have your own trusted source from trusted company like Google to build and use their source code as a base for your projects. I have to say you are, you're not our first guest. You know, in over the last year of recording, you, you're definitely not our first guest who has sort of very pointedly said that Angular is more focused at enterprise stuff. And and I think I I've, I kind of feel like that my own experience has, has been that as well. You know, I've worked at some well, all, all manner of sizes of companies, you know, from from startups through to like big blue chips. And yeah, all of the stuff where people are looking to build, where they want to build a a platform, a software platform, they're using Angular for it. Can you can you speak to that? Is there any particular reason why Angular is is so well suited for enterprise? Yes, because of all, uh, I see it mostly because of the dependency injection framework that's included with it, plus all the integrated features like the routing, the reactive forms, the HTTP client. All of this together is like an awesome solution for anything you need. The module system, you don't feel lost. You know what to do. You know that you need to break this specific logic into another featured module. Super easy to load this module as a lazy bundle to be loaded on demand later. Super targeted to enterprise. So you, you know how to grow your application. With React, there's nothing like that. You just, based on your experience, you have to design your application. You can, of course, build enterprise applications, but you need to be very experienced not to make any mistake. That's the big thing. Another way is I kind of disagree with whoever says that Angular is hard to learn. Actually, I, I find it much more easier to learn. For example, let's take state. You can define your state, your component state in Angular in any, in any way. It could be an object, it could be a primitive, it can be an array. Nobody tells you how you're supposed to define your state. With React, you must define your state with some sort of an instance variable called state and bind it to the component somehow. Change detection, we have zones in Angular. Everything happens behind the, in the background. You don't need to worry about this stuff. All you need to do is, hey, I want to mutate my state. React doesn't let you mutate the state. If you mutate the state, it's not going to start the reconciliation algorithm and update the DOM. In Angular, you're free. You change your state the way you want. You want to mutate, you're welcome. Don't no, you, you need to create a new state, you're welcome. Angular still can find all the changes through zones. So it has a zones project that's going to monkey patch any asynchronous job 
whenever you have an event, whenever you have an HTTP call, whenever you have a timer, all of this code is going to trigger automatically change detection and Angular will uh, match your state to the DOM without any interaction from the developer. So that's nice. You don't need to call specific methods. Hey, in, in React, you must call set state and you must return a new object. If you mutate the state, nothing will change and you will feel like, what happened? What mistakes did I do? You don't need to worry about all, learning all these things in Angular. Hey, define your state the way you want. If you want to mutate the state, that's fine. Angular is still going to patch the DOM for you. I, I love that aspect. What's, what's the hardest thing for students to pick up in Angular? Probably the router, I would say. And modules. Yeah. Probably modules, not, not the router. The router is pretty... Once you route few modules, it, it will be just like natural. But the module system and importing, exporting the scope, scope of services, scope of components, that's something that will take a little bit of practice before you can master that. Does anyone ever submit their final project with just like a single app module that is just this huge behemoth? Uh, no, they will fail. They will never graduate fail. with yeah, that. Good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> is that a warning? Is it just, how, don't you dare only use one module? You'll fail my course. Get yeah, out right. of my university. Is that what you like? I imagine. Yeah. And we always that's like encourage them. A nice, uh, nicely added feature to Angular is that when you set the bundle size to give you a warning when you exceed a certain size. So I always recommend also everyone to decrease all these sizes. So whenever they, if they by mistake bundled a lot of projects in one module, it will immediately, they will immediately receive a warning. So that's a nice feature. Are they all solo projects or do they ever like group up? Excellent question. Yeah. So during the courses, they work on group projects. They need to help each other. Pair programming, basically, it's something everybody should practice at some point. It helps people learn. It helps people find their mistakes, avoid bad practices. The final project is usually a solo project. So they must like to everything on their own. Yeah, big time. Just ask, like, what sort of extent is is the final project? Do, do you just tell everybody you are building this thing, or is it like final project time? Go and build something tremendous in Angular, and then we just sort of wait and see what comes back. I wanted to do the, your second approach. Hey, project time, do whatever. But for this year, it was hard to implement that because of the pandemic and the situation. So what we did is we designed certain idea to them. Hey, we need to build. And I think the application was about helping farmers sell their produce during the pandemic. So unfortunately, most small cities were affected by the pandemic. So we don't have farmers market anymore. The final project our students built was to build an application for farmers to list all their freshly produced week every week and uh, customers they can through their phones plus a ui a web ui they can browse all the fresh produce and buy farmers products yeah they needed to integrate so many other services with this code like using email services using s3 buckets to host all the files to send emails mail servers yeah and Usually the web application for the farmers, for the customers, and for the super super user who controls everything and takes care of the transactions and stuff. 
all of this is built with Angular. So Angular app is kind of the, the platform that will allow users with the three roles to control the, the logic. And that's pretty much hard to build without framework like Angular. Yeah. Super interesting. I, I just imagine that all of the farmers are suddenly like, well, there's suddenly like 30 different applications out there for me to sell my product while every, all of your students are just secretly selling their final project as a SaaS platform. That's, that's really interesting. Lucky farmers we have here in Iowa. We have a lot I of know. farmers. Mm. <laughs> all farmers are like, oh, I don't know how to sell my product. Oh, no, there's this. There's suddenly so many different solutions out there, I don't, but they weren't here three months ago. Bizarre. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, you, your students are going to be super well-rounded in, in their knowledge. Like just, just some of the stuff that you reeled off there uh, is just kind of phenomenal that people will learn that in a year. Was this the first year of doing the course or have you done it for a couple of years? Uh, this is our second year. Yeah, our first entry just finished. We had a celebration last Friday, pizza party outdoor pizza party just yeah to be, sure, sure yeah and it was epic time we had it was really heartwarming to see all our students finishing and appreciating what they learned probably something i didn't mention that this master's in software development is targeted for students with any bachelor degree you don't need a bachelor degree in computer science to join this one-year master's in full-stack JavaScript. So some people, they came from different backgrounds, civil engineering, mechanical engineering, music, art, philosophy. It, it can be any major. If you prove that, yeah, I have an aptitude, we have very small tests at the beginning of when you enroll to the program. You just need to take a math test and you prove your aptitude to work with JavaScript. And then, yeah, you're welcome. That that sort of speaks to me about the fabulous thing about our industry in that you you don't need to study this as your your you know your professional education in order to succeed. I think in in this industry, and I think that is that's that's really a really good thing about our industry. You know, because my I I am a qualified teacher of high school mathematics, right? I, I am not, I did not do computer science at university and, you know, I did this all off my own back. But that's the thing. It's like, you can, you can do that and you can come from any walk of life and do it. And I think that's, that's one of my favorite things about working in this industry. So it's really nice to hear that you, you know, it's, it's such an all-inclusive program welcoming people from all walks of life and all different backgrounds. I guess it's probably too soon then to find out if you, you know, where your students go after the course i'd be really interested to see what the employability like is like but i guess we'll wait for a couple of years for that yeah that's something i would be looking forward to but i yeah, I, I learned <laughs> that few students have already started contacting big companies like google we know that and they finished the first technical interviews and they're looking for big positions yeah that's wonderful <laughs> like it gets straight in there like don't even yeah. bother with the startup. I'm going straight for Google. <laughs> yeah, I, I we have one student already finished. She finished her uh, interviews with Google. And I learned that a few days ago that another is starting a conversation with Microsoft as well. Yeah, that's, that's fabulous. That's, that's, that's really fabulous. Um, I'm conscious that we're getting sort of towards time is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd, that you'd like to mention because this is this is a super interesting topic i'm i'm, I'm really enjoying chatting to you and I, I would hate for us to miss anything so if there's anything else we wanted to talk about yeah, we missed ahead. we missed the angular cli nobody told me their favorite feature in angular cli favorite feature in angular cli yeah <laughs> that it's there that is yeah oh my. 
imagine life without it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we've had this discussion before on previous episodes. You know, you could get by without the CLI once you've once you've got your application built. I suppose. Like, I think probably my favorite feature is is like ng new and then so because i i remember the the grim days of the of beta and possibly the release candidates i'm not sure where you you had to go and build your angular application from scratch and then you started to get the the github repos where people were like oh this is my this is my angular starter and then suddenly the cli came along and all that went away and i, I was a much much happier bunny when that happened mm-hmm. nice my favorite feature is the the ng build and all the variation of how you can customize the build the way you want. Yeah, yeah. I actually also really like that you can just tell it to put Angular Material in for you now. Because again, I remember when you when you had to do Angular Material yourself, it was nowhere near as hard as bootstrapping your Angular app. But yeah, ng-add is the best. There was like that 15 steps of how to add Angular Material on the <laughs> Material docs. Like, really? Yeah, it's just not not as easy as loading Bootstrap from a CDN. Yeah, right. I have to say, ng update beats everything for me. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where would I be without that command? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just go and change the numbers in your package JSON, right? Oh uh, yeah, Seven sure. To eight to nine. Yeah. I mean, mm. NPMI <laughs> or yarn yarn install. You know, we're all inclusive here. Oh yeah, do you? Do you, by the way, do your students use Yarn or NPM mostly? Uh, never, no, never. Uh, we, we don't teach them Yarn and... No. Kick off the course if they try it. Since <laughs> NPM is a default package right. manager that comes right. with Node, then I don't think there is... Yeah, they don't need to learn any other... See, going, going through the source code for the final project, what's this Yarn lock? <laughs> F. <laughs> you failed. <laughs> it's nice that we give them the option we tell them hey there is something called yarn there is other solutions it's up to them to choose whatever works best for them and i think npm they're doing a good job recently so fine are you building applications with Vue.js? then you need to check out the views on view podcast every week we bring in a guest panelist from the view community and talk about the interesting things being built with Vue or the changes coming in its ecosystem you can find it all at viewsonview.com I think that probably brings us to towards the picks, unless anyone else wanted to ask any questions. We established on our last episode that, that Brooks and I have a picks order, but now that I'm doing the hosting yeah. this week, we're going to break the system because I, I know that the host goes second to last. So sure. who goes first when I'm the host? Wait, Brooks, did you go second or first? Brooks, or I, Chris always goes first, then it's Brooks. Okay, so then I'll go because first. Because you're the host, you Brooks go will go penultimate. second. That way there's yeah. the least amount of change. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> okay, my pick is super quick. I said it last week, but I am on Twitch at twitch.tv slash code it live often, but definitely every Wednesday afternoon at two to four central doing UI fun. fun UI Wednesdays with, 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 with Alyssa, if I could actually say it. Yeah. So just come check it out. We're doing mainly CSS challenge things, really just sometimes I tackle a new CSS challenge. Sometimes I add on to our demo Angular app that we've been working on. So lots of fun. Nice. Go and check out the Twitch. See Alyssa doing CSS at sometime in the middle of the night in the UK. I, know, I was going to say, what time is that for you? That's late. I know, because right? the, the, the one time I came along to watch your stream, it was like I was beer in hand. It was late. <laughs> That's right. Was, hey, yeah. you eat pizza that late? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Who doesn't? Honestly, I've been a student. 
Anyway, Brooks. Brooks always goes second. That's right. So today my pick is Twitter, which is like Twitter, but with a T. Twitter.net. And it's uh, Wait, you Twitter, write Twitter JavaScript. How else would you spell Twitter? Did I say that wrong? I thought you said it with a T, and that's how it's spelled. So I'm confused. Well, that's D. No, that's, that's D is in dog. Gotcha. I'm with you. It's uh, you write JavaScript programs in 140 characters or less. Sounds awful. Why would you pick that? I love that idea. Wait, what? I'll put it in the chat. Twitter.net, yeah? Twitter.net, yeah. Can you use TypeScript? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Vanilla all the way. Okay. Good. Is it just one pick today, Brooks? It's just one pick. Okay. It's cool. awesome. It's enough for 10 picks. It's addictive to see what people have made. Oh my gosh. Thank you for this pick. Are you paying attention, Alyssa, or have you nope. just lost you now? Ah, uh, you've lost me. <laughs> you've lost me. Okay. I'm gonna, I've got two picks. My first pick, regular listeners to the show and people who follow me on Twitter with a T will know that I'm a big fan of this series of board games based on HP Lovecraft, Call of Cthulhu style stuff. I played one yesterday, which I haven't picked before, uh, called Eldritch Horror. It was a huge amount of fun. It's like, it took like four hours to play. But it's basically just going around the world with portals just opening all over the place and horrible beasties come out and you've got to try and dispatch the beasties and close the portals and also try and figure out what the what the super beastie is before it comes. And inevitably, you lose the game because it's incredibly difficult. But I, I played that yesterday and it was super, super cool. That's Eldritch Horror. That's Fantasy Flight Games. My second pick... After we finished recording the episode last week, we fell into a conversation about the Great British Bake Off or the Great British Baking Show, as uh, I believe it's yes. called. And I, <laughs> I, I let loose about my thorough dislike of Mary Of Berry. Mary Berry, yeah. And then uh, as soon as we got off the call, I suddenly remembered that I actually have this on my bookshelf and uh, holding it up to the camera is it's Mary baking Berry's... Bible? Mary Berry's Baking Bible. <laughs> and uh, despite my massive dislike for Mary Berry, I realised that I use this book because it's got an absolutely delightful Victoria sponge recipe. Also, I always I always use it when I'm making scones as well. So uh, that'll be my other pick. Is despite my thorough dislike of Mary Berry, Mary Berry's baking Bible. If you want to you want to get your bake on, that's the book to recommend. Don't don't I, go anywhere near Paul Hollywood's bread books because who needs a whole <laughs> book about bread? I am flabbergasted that you're so fancy. Like you're I'm, making... I'm from the UK. Sponges and scones, and I'm over here yeah. with my toll house. Like, right. what but is happening? I, ha- I have to make because one of the most fabulous delicacies of the southwest of the UK, where I used to live, is called a cream tea, which is where you get a you get a scone, and then you put clotted cream on the top, and then you put strawberry jam on top of that. Cream tea is delightful, but you can't get them. You can't get a decent one if you're not in the West Country. So when I moved up to Southampton, I basically had to start baking my own. So I can get my cream tea on. That's how I roll. Promise you'll send us a picture the next time you make it. Promise. Make cream tea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Make cream tea. Get it all over Twitter. Come, come see at Lord underscore Chancellor on Twitter. Come and see my cream teas and my and, and me tweeting about board games. Anyway, my good professor. I'm sorry. Please give us your picks. Uh, my pick will be definitely the link for our master's program. So please check Masters in Software Development program website. It's msd.miu.edu, msd.miu.edu. We would love to get in touch with everyone and we're always excited to share our love to JavaScript with everyone. That's the best pick. It's it's, it's the best pick. The second best pick was probably my creativity. (laughs) Third best pick was Twitter. Twitter. Obviously, like the best, best pick is Alyssa's on Twitch, but she picks it every week. So Listen, you you had me at cream tea. Yeah, you also, can't, you can't, 
I'm like your university. I've been all over the website because like the meditation thing, like just blew my mind. I was like, this is like not your average college class. So I'm, I'm just really impressed with your university and with the program that you're teaching. So thank you. Right. It has been a truly fabulous hour here. I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you, Professor Assad. Thank you so much for coming on. Your course sounds fabulous, by the way. I would, if anyone is listening who wants, is thinking they might do this course, you totally should because it sounds wicked. So I would just say thank you so much for, for coming on. Do you have a Twitter or anything like that so people can come and find you online? Yeah, my Twitter is my name, Assad, Assad, A-S-W-A-D-S-W-A-D. Thank you for having me in the show. It, it's been like a pleasurable time I've had with you guys. You are more than welcome. You, and you, you come back anytime and give us more stories. I'd be happy. And with that, we will say to all of you out there, have a fabulous rest of your day. Cheerio. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.